What's up, everybody? You're on Money Moves, and I'm Michael Munsterman. This is Doc Bates, Part 2. I didn't know you were going to, you know, thrust this upon so, me in the middle of this. <laughs> so let me do this. Like, okay. <laughs> so while you're kind of thinking, how do I even step into that? The other thing that, that I think has really been beneficial for me is as I've, as I've kind of navigated helping entrepreneurs and talking to people, you've got this internal fire to do your own thing, build the empire of doc, re- rebuild with kind of a different, outside of the music industry, but more just from a, I want to, like you're feeling that calling of entrepreneurship. I want to make an impact on the world, you know. I love what you said, one of the first conversations we had, I'll never forget it. So what, what a lot of you guys might or might not know is that the reason you don't often hear the happy birthday song inside of a movie, like happy birthday to you, that, that little melody of happy birthday is because it's copyrighted. And I don't know, what would you guess it costs somebody to put that in a movie or? I honestly don't know. And you might be hit up for, I don't know if he sang enough notes of Did it, I t- <laughs> but you might have to cut out a note <laughs> so that he's not hit up. But anyway, but, but I'll, yes, I'll just delete the episode. <laughs> the fam- a, a lady wor- wrote that song and she, in the 40s? I believe so. I believe it was in a movie. Came out in a movie, I believe, in the fir- initially. But um, I would don't. I, I don't know all the details of that, so don't quote me on any. All right. But um, my, but my understanding is a, a lady wrote that song, and every time it's used in print or in or any synchronization is what we call it. Whenever like Phil's tune is synced to your podcast. Right. Right. Well, uh, which I own the rights to. Right. Uh, verbal agreement in the state of Missouri is completely binding. That's right. Phil, can I get a yes? <laughs> okay. Thank you, Phil. But no, anyway, but someone owns, owns the rights to Happy Birthday to You, that song. And um, every time, even after that lady is dead, which I believe she's still alive, but even after she dies, her heirs will still receive a fee every time it's used. In or for, synchronized with any kind of video for like 99 years or something, yeah. right? Yeah, for another hundred years. Yeah, that's incredible. It, it's it's incredible. And so what Doc said to me, and and I loved it because it's everything that Money Moves is about. Is that you said I in my lifetime want to leave a legacy. I want to write my happy birthday song. Yeah. And that was a, that was that. just a beautiful statement. I'm I'm I mean I. You're a sharp guy. You remember that conversation. I do. But for me, when now you that said you that, it, yeah. when you said that, I was like, okay, you're the kind of people that I'll spend time with. Oh, well. V- versus, versus somebody that says, you know, I'm going to have to win the lottery to be rich. If you say that around me, I'm probably not going to invest a lot of time in you. <laughs> like, yeah. I'll give you a dollar to, to help you up your odds. Now go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a uh, silly thing to say, I think. So now, how does... How does I want to write my happy birthday song? How does that kind of bridge over to you are a genius? Well, okay. 
write that statement, I want to write my happy birthday song. When I said that, it was more of a uh, symbolic thing. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be a song, although I am a songwriter, um, and I've written thousand songs, you know, but, um, yeah. And, and I knew that, but I'm glad right. you clarified that for everybody because I wasn't trying, right. It's about, it's about legacy, leaving a, a mark, right. Doing something meaningful that furthers the human experience somehow. And, and I have several ideas, you know, about how to do that and you know, things that I want to do in the world that, uh, that I believe will make a difference. But, um, so I, I wanted to write a book about genius because I felt like every time I talk about genius, I would bring, I brought it up, you know, in front, in front of, you know, I've been fascinated with genius. I think everyone's a little bit fascinated with genius. And we, when we, like, just give you an example. If, if I say what, it, name a genius, who would you name? Michael Munsterman. See there? <laughs> See? No. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> like, okay, the worst kind of people are the kind that make it like a, a joke about themselves and then laugh at their own joke, like very narcissistic here on Money Moves right now. Yeah. But, well, <laughs> no, so I, I, I think that probably my perception of the word genius is, is the, the answer that would serve your point would be Albert Einstein. Yeah. People, people want to, you know, you, you hear the, the Einsteins, and you hear Mozart is, is someone that people want to Nikolai say. Tesla. Tesla. Yeah, people like that. Um, and, and it's usually, it's usually uh, whenever you say, well, how do you know that person was a genius? You know, for instance, um, let's talk about Thomas Edison. Sure. We've all heard the stories about Thomas Edison. Why, what makes him a genius? His work ethic, in my opinion. Exactly. Yes. But that's, that's not, not what, something that's not that the, most people say. Right. Most people are going to say, well, he invented, like, the light bulb. Like, yeah. But people say stuff like. They don't know that he failed 327 times before the 328 you know, yeah, whatever, created but, light. Uh, yeah. He said, I think he said something to the effect of, I, before I ever invented the light bulb, um, I found, like, 10,000 ways not how not to invent it. Right. You know, and, but people, people. Like to say, well, he he never slept, you know. He 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 worked night and day. <laughs> he no. needed a light bulb. Right. <laughs> His candle budget was through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was spending all his money uh, to the gas company. I guess. They all I guess they had gas lights back then. Oh yeah, I wouldn't. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, um, but anyway, usually people say, whenever you say genius, people say gifted mm -hmm. that's that's the one thing that used to always like just grate on my nerves when people would say to me that doc you're a genius and i would say well thank you and they'd say yeah yeah you're really gifted mm. you know like someone like it you was didn't earn it right someone gave me the ability and, and there are prodigies right like but in my opinion there aren't mm. I, I mean, <laughs> we can we can discuss. Yeah, that. no, I. But there are certainly children who have a quicker uptake than others to a to an exponential rate. Like just earlier today, so I'm I'm currently watching a ton of of YouTube videos of 
like any subject matter because I want to see how YouTube, I want to better understand YouTube's algorithm and the correlation between what kind of content they recommend for ads inside of what kind of videos and how that all ties together. Yeah. And so I find myself watching a lot of YouTube lately. And, and this morning I watched a video with a kid who was, couldn't have been six, seven years old. And he knew, like they were showing him pictures of cars. He could tell you the car. He could tell you that the asking price for the car, the car's top speed, the overall weight of the car. Yeah. And, and sure his parents could be at home flashcarding him cars, Possibly. but he genuinely like seemed interested when you talk to him, there wasn't a whole lot of conversation about anything. But when you start talking about cars, boy, he just lit up and there was just this pour out. Well, there has to be a, in my opinion, the ability to uptake to some level. Yeah, of course. But then what do you do with that? Um, well, that's interesting that you brought that up because I did. there's a whole chapter in my book about prodigies. And, and I'm just going to name one, mm -hmm. Mozart. Everyone considers Mozart this, this amazing prodigy, and he was. But I believe that people, by and large, misunderstand some... Uh, some things about prodigious children, you know, that we think that this kid's seven, eight years old. I, there's no way I could play the, the piano and the violin and write a concerto at eight years old or whatever. But um, the fact is, Mozart was probably playing the violin and keyboarding when he was two, three. He sure. never, there never was a day when he wasn't, you know, and um the, the the thing is they say it takes 10,000 hours to master a skill hmm. and mozart if he started banging around on the keyboard at at 2 years old 3 years old at whatever the point that the the attention switch flipped in his head and he went wow, I really enjoy doing this. And then all of a sudden, you can't peel this kid away from an instrument. Then you're talking about a kid that could probably spend 10, 12 hours or more a day. He didn't have a computer. Right. You know? Sure. So he could probably spend 10, 12. I mean, how many kids do you know that can play video games for 10 hours a day until they have carpal tunnel of both hands? Oh, This for was sure. Mozart playing the piano. And... Um, the interesting thing about Mozart is that his hands were deformed. As an adult male or as his whole life? Really? They were terribly deformed. Um, and we call it carpal bossing. I don't know if you can see, but there's a, like a little bumps on the back of my hand right there. Uh -huh. That's where, where a lot of boxers get it from punching, mm -hmm. you know, um, and a lot of a lot of boxers and fighters they do it intentionally. They'll punch like metal walls and things to build up calcium deposits on their seen hands. Seen that they get like enlarged knuckles. Yeah. And, right. Yeah. I, I met a uh, a famous boxer one time and I shook his hand and I was like, oh my god, right. this guy's <laughs> hand must have weighed fifty pounds. Oh, that's know? funny. Who was, who was that guy? He was a world champion boxer. I can't remember his name. Well, I get what you're saying in respect to there's an attention switch, there's something. And I guess my point to what I was saying earlier is 
and, and maybe that's not a good example when we talk about a musician. For me, the I can't remember a time in my entire life that I had enough rhythm to string together much of anything. Like I was a young kid and, and um, maybe I was seven or eight and there was another neighborhood kid whose family was very, you know, they were very, they, they played the guitar, they sang, they did lots of different things like that. And he brought a guitar over and he was strumming around and showing me. And just to even get a rhythmic pattern yeah. of anything, I didn't have it. Oh, yeah. Like it just, it's Wasn't your thing. It, the, the equivalent of maybe, and so for me, Phil would probably accuse me of being a little tone deaf as well. Really? <laughs> well, I didn't know that. Yeah. You haven't heard I would me. have to hear you sing. You, 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 know, you, you might. Like, we might do that before this is all. We, we're not going <laughs> to do that. <laughs> I don't want to lose my entire audience. Okay. In one. <laughs> but I, I get it. And I, I, and I definitely get what you were saying in respect to, to um, someone turning all of their attention to that. There are yeah. kids right now making $100,000 a month right. playing video games because they're so. <laughs> that's ridiculous. It's so. But that's a completely other conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my point is with Mozart is that he probably did have 10,000 hours invested by the time he was eight or 10 years old. Right. You know, so he was a little kid playing professionally and had a father, you know, and that was that was a professional entertainer. And um, that's all he knew. That's all he ever knew. Um, and the really interesting thing about Mozart and one of the things, one of my favorite facts about Mozart was that he wrote a letter later on in his, as he, when he was an adult, it was probably near his death. He was, you know, it was later on in his career. Mm -hmm. He wrote a letter to a friend and he, and he expressed that, that, and I, I, I'm not quoting it. I don't remember the quote, but the spirit of the letter was, and, and it, I mean, it was obviously probably written in Austrian or, you know, whatever German or whatever right. language he spoke. But um, when he wrote the, the letter, it, the, the general expression was to his friend, he was like, I'm so frustrated. Is people think that I was born knowing how to play these instruments and no one truly understands the amount of work that I put into what I do. And, and, and when I read that, it just went, wow. The guy who people widely regard as the foremost genius of human history is Mozart. And even Mozart was frustrated. It pissed him off that people didn't realize how much he worked and how hard, how much effort right. that he put into being, to making it look effortless. So that's Doc Bates part two. Um, all of the conversation here kind of builds up to part three, the final leg of the conversation. And in my opinion, the best part of all of it. So tune in tomorrow for part three of Money Moves with Michael Munsterman and Doc Bates. Savvy.